Good morning, Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, and welcome to our Faith Lab podcast. This is Margo, and I'm here with Ashley Anderson this morning. Um, as we continue in with our Easter season, it was great to see so many of you at Easter. Um, we are beginning a new preaching series, and so we are continuing our Faith Lab podcast, but we're no longer walking with Jesus even though we're always walking with Jesus. Um, But right now we are diving into a new series that we're calling Letters to a New Church. And in this series, we are going to be following the life of Paul, trying to understand Paul a little bit better. And we'll get to know Paul through his writings. So one thing that we know about Paul is that Paul was faithful to the church and that Paul wrote a lot of letters to a lot of people, giving them suggestions on how they should act and what they should do and what they should not do. And so we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive in deeper into some of those stories. Um, Ashley is going to be preaching this week, and she's going to kick off our series, and we're going to be looking at the book of Titus. So Ashley's going to read scripture for us this morning, and we're going to try to dive in a little bit deeper. All right. So I'm going to be reading um, from the first chapter, verses 5 through uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Hear now the word of God. I left you, or excuse me, starting verse four, Uh, to Titus, my loyal child in the faith we share, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. I left you behind in Crete for this reason, so that you should put in order what remains to be done and should appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Someone who is blameless, married only once, whose children are believers, not accused of debauchery and not rebellious. For a bishop, as God's steward, must be blameless. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or addicted to wine or violent or greedy for gain, but he must be hospitable, a lover of goodness, prudent, upright, devout, and self-controlled. He must have a firm grasp of the word that is trustworthy in accordance with the teaching so that he may be able to both preach with sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it. There are so many rebellious people, idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for sordid gain, what is not right to teach. It was one of them, their very own prophet who said, Cretans are always liars vicious brutes, lazy gluttons. That testimony is true. For this reason, rebuke them sharply so that they may become sound in the faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths or commandments of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Their very minds and consciences are corrupted. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their actions. They are detestable, dishonest, unfit for any good work. But as for you, teach what is consistent with sound doctrine. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Ashley. I think it's first important for us to talk about what is Titus. (laughs) (laughs) While flipping through our Bibles, yes, while flipping through our Bibles, some of us may not, may have never read Titus. This is, you know, it's, if you flip too quickly, you can miss it. 
I actually did that when I was looking um, in the NRSV version because it only takes up about um, a, a page and a half, a mere page and a half. So Titus comes right after First uh, and Second Timothy, and it's it's three chapters long. Um, like we said, it's it's a letter from Paul to Titus, who is uh, a disciple of Paul, and Titus has followed Paul um, on a couple of his missions. I don't quote me for sure, but I want to say it's in Acts, um, where we see him mentioned. And um, so, yeah, Paul has, as he's done with several other disciples, has, you know, commissioned them to go into these places to help um, these home churches that are trying to establish as they try and spread the good news of the gospel and, and why the stone has been rolled away and why the tomb was empty. And he's sending Titus to a pretty unique place. It's um, in a way isolated, right? He's yeah. sending him to, to an island. Some of us know this island, right? Perfect. Crete. Um, it's a beautiful vacation spot, so I've heard. Yeah, I, I think I know a few people who have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's in Greece. Um, and so he, he sends Titus to this island because um, these church leaders aren't acting right is what it sounds like. Yeah. So, um, obviously during this time, not, not of current day, um, the, the Roman kingdom was very, still very much present. So it was a very polemic society. So we have these small home churches, nothing compared to, to anything we have today. These folks are meeting in their homes. That's why, um, Paul uses the word, you know, it's upsetting whole families because it's, it's the families that are, are in these homes um, who, are, her, who are learning about Jesus and his teachings. But the Roman society still being very present in that worldly kingdom, um, in those forces that drive society. So these the Christians were wrestling with, okay, well, the world is telling me one way to live. This kingdom who... Um, reigns with oppression uh, is telling me to live one way for the sake of my life. And then there are also Judeo-Christians who are still living by commandments and the law. Um, and they're saying, well, this, this is another way to live, but yet we're, we're trying to figure out an alternative way um, and to stay faithful to that. So they were facing um, and not in, not in kind ways, like not in di- having kind dialogues. Like this was sometimes for the sake of their lives um, that they were having, you know, wrestling with these types of things. And I think that it's important for us to remember as we start this journey with Paul, right? I think a lot of people have mixed, mixed relations and mixed feelings about Paul. Um, and something that I think is always important for us to remember as we, as we dive into what Paul says we should and shouldn't be is, um, you know, as, as reformed Christians in 2021, um, we, we read scripture in context and know that a lot's changed. Uh, society has changed, social norms, the ways we operate, family units, all that has changed. Um, but in, in this text in particular, um, Paul's really talking about church leadership right. and, and discipleship and um, these people who are supposed to spread the news about Jesus, as you said at the start of the podcast, um, 
there's certain ways that they should maybe act or that they should yeah. be in tune with who God's created them to be. Right. I think this text also talks a little bit about that. So in what you're absolutely right. So in one of the things we say, see here is this difference between like vice and virtue language, which was huge in the Roman society. Um, and, you know, dictated how the Roman regime would basically like hire their guards and, you know, who they would look to for leadership. And um, then as Christians figuring out, okay, well, Jesus taught us about love and hospitality and being kind to our neighbors, being kind to ourselves. And this looks very different than, you know, what's going on in our world. Um, And so figuring out those things that leaders should possess that looked very different from the world around them. Um, And so here we see, we see kind of this, they, they would say like almost like a, a household code or, um, you know, what's, what's virtuous living or what we would call spiritual gifts, right? Like what are those spiritual gifts that God has given each of us um, for the work of our individual ministries? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, Paul, um, when, as we continue with this series, we'll learn he lists a lot. Yeah. This, 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 that, and this. Um, but, but what, what he's trying to say here at the end, and I just really want to emphasize what you just said is, um, is it's Christ like living. Yeah. It's, it's holding up a mirror and saying, if you're going to teach people about this, about this man Mm -hmm. and about the life he lived and the sacrifice he gave, um, then we should probably strive to model that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and like you just said, um, a minute ago, just in regards to Paul and how people feel about him, we, we do see he lists a lot, but also he, he calls people out and you, you had mentioned before we hopped on this podcast, like, um, he's, he's not afraid to call people out. And what do we do with some of this, this language? Um, you know, especially in verses, uh, six and seven, um, you know, about faithful children. Um, we should be without fault. Uh, we shouldn't be stubborn or irritable um, or bullies or greedy, which I confess I have been all of those things probably within the last 24 hours at some point. Um, and so dealing, you know, wrestling with that in ourselves, but knowing that we have a God who loves us, who takes us in all of our broken moments and all of our whole moments um, to still use us for, for good works of the kingdom. Yeah. I think about this text and I think about our church here at Selwyn yeah. and, and what scripture like this can, can mean for us and how we can see the spirit breathing life into this word, into our community mm-hmm. as we as we come back together and we reshape and we reform and we say hello again, right? Like yeah. hospitality needed more than ever, right? Yeah. I, I, I want, you know, I hope a lot of our members know we've had a lot of people join the church during a pandemic, yes. <laughs> which, and a lot of new babies have been born and Lots baptized and, and yeah. And what a gift that is. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I see this and I think, you know, 
the must be hospitable and a lover of goodness. And, you know, I, I know so many of our members are so excited for us to start coming back together in safe ways and smaller groups. And, and I think a lot about, um, I think a lot about the, the faithfulness that um, our new members took and that leap of faith to join a community that they met virtually on a computer. Right. Um, and what that means for us as, as disciples and we all, you know, and our own discipleship journeys look different. And we, we use as you know, this language of spiritual gifts, right? Like finding our spiritual gifts or seeing them in one another and holding up the mirror for one another Absolutely. is, is I think like, um, what, what are the spirit is telling our community to do right now? Yeah. I like, um, I mean, I know we've heard it a million times, but when you say holding up the mirror and I think of as we reopen, I think we need to do that for one another because because of this distance and the separation, it's almost like a little of that has been lost. Like we haven't been able to do that for each other in, in a while in, um, in maybe the most authentic of spaces because we, we're not in one another's company. So I think having the opportunity to do that for each other and say, oh no, this is your gift. Like you are awesome and incredible at offering hospitality or, um, you know, your work with our mission partners or um, your patience with our children, like whatever those gifts are to be like, don't forget, like, these are the things that God has instilled in you um, that make you who you are. And despite the moments when you find yourself being irritable, you know, irritable with your own children, um, you come to worship on Sunday mornings and you serve in, you know, the children's room or, or the nursery, right? Like to be able to hold up that mirror once again as people walk in the sanctuary, as people join us on the lawn, as we serve in our mission projects to say, you belong here, no matter who you are, like God knows you um, and all your goodness and all your brokenness um, and still calls you to serve. So I just wonder as we head into this week and in the coming weeks, you know, what are those gifts that you have um, that God has instilled in you for all the incredible works that you do for his kingdom, um, you know, remind yourself of those, or maybe ask a friend or a church member, Hey, you know, what, what are those good things you saw in me <laughs> when, when, uh, when I joined or when you first met me, um, just for reaffirmation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah. I'm going to pray us out. All Let's right. pray. Holy and most gracious God, we give you thanks for our church community, for its diversity, for the ways that we bring different gifts and talents to the table. God, we thank you for moments where we can dive into Holy Scripture, where we can see anew the way these texts are reminding us how to, how to live and how to be and how to be church and how to be church in a good and healthy and loving way. God, I ask that you be with our members as they discern new chapters in their life, as we write letters to our own new church in a way, a church that's never left during this past year, but is coming back together in new and vibrant ways with new members and new babies. 
God, I ask that you be with everyone and give them the, the courage to, to look at one another and to say, this is what I see in you. And I'm so glad God created you the way you are. Um, be with our friends, keep us healthy and bring us back together so that we can be Easter people and continue to celebrate the resurrection. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Margo. We'll see you on Sunday. <laughs>